Hello and welcome to Too Fit to Be Tied. Where we talk about health from a variety of perspectives. Emotional health. Mental health. Physical health. And spiritual health. My name is Jerome. And I'm your co-host, Constance. All right. So on this episode of Too Fit to Be Tied, what are we talking about, Constance? We are discussing shame. Shame. Yes. And the reason we're discussing this is because we both decided that if you and I had this podcast um, prior to our, let's say, marriage, Mm -hmm. we would have maybe been able to identify some of the issues in that relationship way sooner than we did because we didn't have this podcast. Exactly. (laughs) We didn't know about the books that we read. We didn't know about this podcast that yeah. If we, we were if gonna, we had had know? this podcast before our marriage is yes, exactly. Yeah, I mean not our marriage to each other. I meant our right marriage because if somebody's to listening to this yeah. for the first time, they would think <laughs> not to each other. We never got married. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, which is why we're able to do this podcast. Exactly. So we have kind of discussed off you know offline that um, we've always felt not good enough in our relationships because the other person would tell us that we would do things, they would get angry, Mm -hmm. right? So if we brought something to someone's attention, we've talked about this many times where we'd say, hey, I didn't like that you did this. It was always met with anger Mm -hmm. um, or threats. Or just not well-received. Not well-received at all. So you get to the point where you go, you know what, I'm just going to leave that alone if I don't have to, if I can get away without saying anything, without causing um, distress distress or rocking the boat, I'm just going to, I know I'm right, but I'm just going to let that go because it's going to be a problem. Well, I think we, we lived in a state of perpetual fear because we were always afraid to rock the boat. Mm-hmm. And after a while, you can only take that for so long. It's interesting, you know, so we talk about shame and uh, what's the definition of shame? That Well, shame, I mean, we'll start with Brene Brown because you really like Brene Brown. Well, I mean, we both do, but you're well, a huge lots fan. Lots of people like Brene Brown. Yeah, but I mean, I'm just, you're, you're okay. like, you're a super fan. I don't know if I'm a super fan. <laughs> Unless she's listening to this, yeah. then, I, then I am you're a super fan. You're definitely a super fan. Okay. She says shame is the most powerful master emotion. It's the fear that we're not good enough. Um, and if, and really and truly, it's a painful feeling of humiliation or distress caused by the consciousness of wrong or foolish behavior. So if you feel like you did something wrong, mm-hmm. it is that feeling that comes over you when that realization kicks in or when somebody brings that to your attention. And, and the, the way that I heard it explained, and it might have been by Brene Brown, I'm not quite sure, but... The way I heard it explained that made a lot of sense to me is, say, if you're thinking about, like, guilt, you know, guilt versus shame. Guilt Mm -hmm. is, I did a bad thing, whereas shame is, I am bad. My whole being, my whole existence is bad, Mm -hmm. which is why in cases where people have, um, you know, we've talked about personality disorders before, 
shame is a trigger because to them, shame is almost a, a, a fate worse than death. It's almost it's akin to annihilation for them. And so when you think about, I, I don't know what the political leanings of our listeners are, but mm-hmm. I don't know, we may edit this out later. But for example, you think of Donald Trump. Denied that the coronavirus was a big deal, downplayed it, you know, as it was ramping up and people are dying. He got vaccinated, but he won't tell his followers to get vaccinated because he can't admit that maybe he was wrong mm-hmm. about the whole mm-hmm. thing. Yep. And it's it's such a it's such a uh, a sad thing. But to him to to have to admit that he's wrong is akin to annihilation. So. You know, people can do so. You can I, well. I saw you. I saw you do that. No, I didn't. But we have you on. It's on. We have a recording of you, a video recording of you doing this. I, fake news. <laughs> didn't happen. You know, it's it's that it's that sort of thing because I can't admit that I'm wrong because to me that is the same as they annihilation. They cannot do it. It's you know the reason I dislike him as a person so much just his is is because he reminds me of my mother. And I grew up under that type of leadership, so to speak, you know, wow. and she used shame. Shame was a huge, like you, she could never be made to feel shameful or guilty about something, but she would use that at her every whim to parent, so to speak, us. The, the club you over the head. Oh, with. for sure. So like, I mean, I was very much, the, my whole mission in life as a kid was just not to be bad. Like yeah. that was, and luckily I had a brother who was bad. And so he took a lot of the, you know, he was the bad one. He, he took the brunt of He the, took the brunt of it. So it really worked out well for, but I can't imagine if I was that kid and what uh-huh. that would feel like. I just knew I always had to walk a straight line so that I could, didn't fall into that category because it was, you know, there were times that I had, I could not ask my parents or specifically my mother questions about anything, even like sexually related. Like if I thought Mm -hmm. of, if I heard a term, I remember being a kid, Mm -hmm. I was probably in fourth grade and I was, I was around um, a babysitter who was older and they were, you know, they were at the park with their friends and I heard them um, ask about something. They were talking about something sexually related. I had no idea that that's what this thing meant. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I went home and asked, you know, what this thing was. Uh And I will never forget the shame that I felt that day. My mother was like, you are, you have a dirty mind. Do not, I was like, I don't even know what it is. Like, what is it? Yeah. I mean, she was like, do you know what that means? I mean, she made me feel so sick to my stomach about this particular, you know, thing. Um, and I was like, I've, I've never felt shame like that in my life. And how, how old were you? I was about fourth grade. Wow. Instead of t- handling it and saying, okay, this is, you know, she couldn't do it. And so she made me feel shame in a way, but she did that my whole life. You know, she definitely made me always feel like, um, she would even say to me, like, all you think about is boys. And I'm, I, I mean, I was not that kind of kid at all. I mean, mm-hmm. I walked a pretty straight line as a kid and studied. And I was like, why does she say this? But that's the way she felt. Uh, she felt shame about surrounding that topic. And so she mm-hmm. passed that, tried to pass that on to us. Well, you told a story one time about how had a, a, had a, a rager. Party. I had a rager in yeah. my house. Yeah. Well, and then and then she tells you, I was just sitting at dinner with these people, and I was telling them how great you are, and then I get this call that you're having a party. 
I mean, she totally, you know, that's totally like a, I'm going to, I'm going to layer some extra shame on top of this. Yes. Not only are you in trouble, but I'm going to, I'm going to use shame to kind of, you know, turn the screws a little bit. Yeah. And I, I, that, that's for sure. Um, what happened as growing up. And so for me, I was accustomed to that. I was, I was very accustomed to shame being used when you're arguing or when you're disagreeing or just generally speaking, or just out of a fear tactic, Mm -hmm. like walk a straight line. Otherwise, you know, you knew shame, you, there was going to be some, going to be some sort of shameful repercussion, Uh, you know? Well, and and that also kind of goes along with, um, I, I think religion. Yes. We were discussing a book that we're both reading and that we'll we'll talk about. I don't know. I don't know if we'll talk about it this podcast or or a future podcast. But you know, one of the things that um, you know sort of stood out to me was that I always say that I had a pretty good childhood, mm-hmm. especially relative to you know some of the people that we've had as guests on our podcast. And um, but the 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 religion piece kind of just really adds this layer of shame. And so you talk about not being able to go and, and ask a question about this sexual term that y- you had heard. I mean, I would not have even considered <laughs> asking my parents about that. Oh, well, I learned from that day that, forward, I would never ask another question. Um, but you're right, because in I'm sure you learned as a kid growing up in the church that that's just not appropriate. Like oh, yeah. you are not allowed to even talk about that. You're not allowed to think about it. Yeah. That's just not You have okay. no business even, you know, well, how do you even know that? that That's would have, the devil would, putting thoughts in your head. Ex- exactly. And yeah. yeah, exactly. I think that there is a big time, a big layer. Um, and then parents use that as well to help. And I'll be honest with you, I've used more fear tactics with my kids. Like, you want to go to hell? You're going to go to hell <laughs> if you do that. I mean, but that also comes from the way that I was raised. <laughs> I hope you like it hot. I hope you like it hot because you are on your way to hell. <laughs> is this not well, normal? Do other parents not do this? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that's probably not. Uh, I, I'm gonna say that's probably frowned upon. If there's some parenting books, again, I don't have kids, so you, you know, know I, I'm not the I'm not the one to ask. My 21 year old seems to have done pretty well. Yeah, she. I mean, she, Yeah, she does. Well for herself. Doesn't drink, you know, doesn't get in, never got into drugs and, you know. So you feel like the, I feel like the, I did a the good threat job. of eternal damnation helped. It, it definitely okay. helped. So. Do your neighbors not know we're podcasting? Seriously? I I guess not. Oh, my they're, God. They're tap dancing up there. What is that? <laughs> um, so in terms of relationships, let's talk about what that looks like. Because we kind of talked about it as, mm-hmm. you know what it feels like as a child, um, but what does it be, what does it look like for you? Like, have you seen that in some of your relationships? And if so, or in other people, what does it look like when they handle shame versus when you handle shame? Because we've all felt shame. It's not that you, whether or not you feel shame, it's how you handle it. Right. One of the things that, um, well, this is from a Brene Brown book, Men and women tend to have different focuses when it when it comes to shame. So men, the 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 thing is don't don't be weak. Okay. You know, so you can't you know admit that you know you're, you're wrong. having a you can't well not not that you're wrong. You can't admit that you're you're having a you you can't admit that you feel sad. 
You okay. can't admit that you're having a hard time. You can't admit that, oh, this, this, this thing is tough. In women, you're not good enough. As a mom, for example, oh, you're not doing enough. You, you got to do this. You got to do this. You got to do these, you know, 14 things. And if you're not doing them all, then you're not good enough. And so there's a shame that, that surrounds that. And, and I, I imagine there could be some, some overlap, but I think in terms of, you know. Um, See, I never said that. I just said, oh, you don't want to do that? That's fine. I hope you like it hot. <laughs> <laughs> no. What, no, I'm saying, I'm saying in terms of, so it, if, of you as a mother. Yes. Like, you know, yes. like, oh, yes. well, you, you got to. You gotta um, gotta get the kids to school. You gotta, you know, bake, no, you right. know, well, brownies most women, for the right. Bake most women do sale. feel very inadequate. You need to work out. You know, you gotta you're work out. You're not thin enough. You're, you're not pretty enough. Yeah. You're not. You're not. You're not enough. You know. Yeah. You're you're a stay at home mom, so you're not. You you don't work, but if you are a working mom, well, you work too much. Yeah. Well, there's what never it, a good. Your, Im- your kids are you know are losing because you're working. You know, it's yes. that that whole thing. It's true. Whereas guys, it's like you know, there's this whole weakness you know, components. So you can't admit that, yeah, that really, that really hurt me, you know, right. or, or I'm, I'm having a tough time with this, this sort of thing. But so when yeah, you feel that, when you feel that, when somebody says something to you and it, you do feel shame, how do you handle that? Or have, has you, have you handled that differently in the past than you do today? Well, I mean, I think in the past, the, the whole idea of don't be weak Mm-hmm. You know, I would have just, I would have just bottled, bottled it. I would have just. <laughs> bottled? I, yeah, that's the word I'm that's looking for. I would have just pushed it down inside okay. and not, because you know, I don't want to admit that, oh, you know, that really, that really hurt me. Okay. And so. So in the past, you just push it down. I would push it down because you can't be weak. Okay. Okay. You know, if, And if do I, you still do that? No, no, not. I mean, I, I don't do that now. You know, but the um, I think this might be a Brene Brown podcast, but you know, see, you are a super fan. I told you. So the the interesting thing is, like, you have to express that, right. you know, or or it's gonna it's gonna eat you up, or you stay closed. Or it's gonna off. come out in a really unhealthy way down the road. Yeah, she talks about this is where vulnerability comes in. You you need to talk about these things, but then you don't just talk about them with everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, there's got to you have to have at least like, I don't know, one or two people that you trust to go, okay, I'm having a tough time. I know that these people have shown me that they are on my side. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got my back. So I'm, I'm going to talk to these people about it. But So you don't just go to, you know, you don't just go and say, oh, I'm going to talk to my next door neighbor. Right. And the person somebody you the, trust. Somebody you trust. Yes. And technically somebody you trust should be, let's say, your significant other spouse, yeah. you would think that that would be one out of the the one and only or the one out of two yeah. special people that you can trust and be able to, to share those things with. Yeah, you would hope. But you then hope. sometimes that's not the case. And so <laughs> you go, I got to push this down because, because if I don't push it down, it's going to be thrown back in my face exactly. anyway later. So let's talk about ways that we've seen shame come out, Okay. Okay. All right. I'll 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 give you a couple of good right. a couple of examples because sometimes you talk about shame and it's confusing to people. You know, until they kind of see some good examples, um, can they maybe relate to what it feels like? Okay. So I'll give you an example. I have realized, you know, I've I've been out of being out of my marriage for about three years, and also have gotten into some relationships that were also very unhealthy. And a lot of it was, when you look at the parallels, a lot of these 
partners that I chose had issues with shame. They could not handle being perceived as bad. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was, it would come out with major anger, you know? And so I'll tell you one of the last guys that I had dated, I remember him and I have been, I have been very diligent in the way that I communicate. I have become, in my opinion, an expert communicator because these relationships made me feel like I was never saying the right things. Like maybe I was being a bitch. Maybe I did say it cocky. Maybe I did have an attitude. And I would, you know. So you feel like you you were sensitive to trying to to boost your. Oh, for sure. I mean, if I I was married and said, you know, at the time to, you know, my husband, hey, um, you know, you said you were going to do X, Y, and Z and you didn't do it. It would be matched with like screaming, screaming. And I'm like, what did I say? And he'd be like, the way you said it, your tone, you're such a bitch. You know, you're always, and I'm like, maybe I am. Maybe that is me. So I would record a lot of our fights and listen and be like, I never said any of, I mean, he actually made things up and said, I said certain things. I That's why I had to record it because I was like, uh. am I just, do I have like a lapse in memory or do I like see red and I don't even know it? You know, I started to think maybe that was the issue. So I would record these fights and I'd be like, I did not say any of those things. My tone was complete. Like I came across with compassion. I used my heart when I spoke. So I realized at that moment, like, okay, this is some, this is not a me. This is not me. Mm-hmm. This is something going on with him. I just couldn't pinpoint or identify because I really didn't know what shame was. And I didn't know how he was perceiving it. I just saw this as a very analytical conversation. I said X, you said Y. Somehow it turned into a huge argument. Um, but I'll tell you a funny story. I remember I was dating um, someone, uh, pizza is what we call him. And uh, I had said to him, or he had said to me, I'm going to come over. I'm going to pick up a piece of fish. We'll grill it. I'll be there by five. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. And it was six o'clock. And I'm like, where the hell is this guy? Right? And he calls me. And I mean, I was, I was angry because I'm like, where has he been for the last hour? He wasn't answering his phone. So finally he calls me at six. And he had been drinking, okay? So I was already, wow. like, I was already pissed, you know? I'm like, are you guys serious right now? Like, we're supposed, to have, we're supposed to have been, the food was supposed to be in my mouth at five. Right, yeah. It's six, and you're nowhere to be found, you know? So I, but I was very conscientious about the way I came across voicing my opinion because I had such triggers from the being in the last couple mm-hmm. of relationships. So I, I said, listen. I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed because I feel that we had definitive plans. You were supposed to be here by five. And he says to me, wait, <laughs> he says to me, well, do you want me to go get the fish? <laughs> I was about to blow my top. I'm like, yeah. you-, you didn't even get the goddamn fish? Oh, my God. Oh, I'm pissed that you're, like, late. But wait, wait. you never even went to the store and got it? Like, where, what? Okay. And so yeah. I, as mad as I was— yeah. What? What? I'm sorry. My my neighbors are. Your neighbor is doing construction right now, or something. Yeah. Um. So, at what at what time of day did he say he was going to get the fish? Oh, this is like this was planned two days before. You know, uh-huh. like he's like, all right, I'll get the fish in the morning. He oh, he he was even going to marinate it, and I was like, do you know how to marinate fish? You know, like yeah, uh-huh. I do. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm like, great, great idea. I mean, we had a whole plan and the freaking fish. Okay, it was like a whole. It was a whole thing. So six o'clock, you're so like six rolls around. I'm like, this guy didn't even go to the fucking <laughs> store yet, and I'm like, 
Okay, okay. <laughs> and I said, I love that. Do you want me? To, um, you know what? Do you want me to get the fish? And he, <laughs> he said, I'm trying not to. I'm trying to be very like calm and uh-huh. not try to show too much emotion. <laughs> and I'm just trying to explain how I feel. And I was like, listen. By the time you get here, it's going to be way too late for me to eat dinner. I'm like, you know, I, I like to eat a certain time. I'm pretty particular about that. Um, I was like, I'm just going to eat on my own, and I'll just, you know, see you when you get here. And then I have, you know, you can eat here when, when just, I'll make something. Yeah. And he was so mad. He turned his car around. Like, I hear, like, screech. He turns his car around. He's like, I'm going home. And I was like, wait, whoa. What are you, what are you mad about? Oh, wait, okay, so I, I might have, I'm laughing so hard. I feel like I missed something. All right, so. I said, let's forget the fish. I, by the time you get here and we cook it, it's going to be taking oh, too long. Oh, so you're going to make I'll something. I'll just make something in my fridge. I'll uh-huh. eat now. By the time you get here, you eat, you know, you can eat whatever it is I make. Yeah. Nope. He was mad. He's like, we were supposed to have dinner together. I was like, oh, you were supposed to get the fish, like, at 9 a.m., 9 a.m. Like, and, and marinate it. And marinate it and be here an hour ago. So wait a minute. And he just like turns his car around and he decided, he's like, I'm going home. And he went home and like did not, he was, he was mad. And now you can understand shame. Mm-hmm. He knew he had done something, quote unquote, in his mind wrong. Mm-hmm. Which, okay. I mean, it wasn't, he made a mistake. He was late. He was drinking at a bar or whatever he was doing. <clears throat> When he should have been getting coming on the way to my house so we can cook this fish. Well, you know, and, and that and, and that, he knew, you know, he knew he already led. Is when the phone call started, you could tell he was so afraid that I was going to point out what he did wrong and make mm-hmm. him feel shame. And I mean, what was my what what should I have done? Just been submissive and said, okay, whatever you want. And that would have probably resolved the issue. It would have come I mean, over. Everything would have been fine. You you went above and beyond what normal people should should do. Right. And so you know you talk about you know we talk about shame and it's like every everyone feels shame. It's just a matter of how you handle it. And so you know if you're feeling shame and you go okay I'm gonna I I'm I'm gonna be vulnerable I'm gonna talk to someone about this mm-hmm. versus. You know, you, you talked about the, um, the the first story you told with your your ex husband. You know, some people have this issue with shame, and uh, it is central to especially to people that have personality disorders. Right. And again, shame is like akin to it's a fate worse than death. You know, he feels that shame so hard that he's got to turn it around on you, and then the feelings become facts. Yes. Yeah, he's not looking at facts and going, okay, well, she did say it this way, and she was sort of nice. I'm, you know, I'm a little over the top. I need to back down a little bit. I can't feel shame, so I gotta, I gotta turn this around. Retaliate. Um, I gotta retaliate. Yep. Or, or make sure that you feel the way that I feel the, because yeah. I, quote unquote, messed up. Right. You know, um, to this day, I mean, I just sent a text to my ex husband because you know my son. Came home for swim day at, with without swim shorts, you know, and I'm like, I what? I started the text, and I wanted to say, you know, what I wanted to say was definitely not what I said, but I'm like, because I knew the way this would be perceived, and there is no good way for me to explain to him, hey, oh by the way, he, <laughs> you sent him 
home without swim shorts. So now how is he going to go to swim to camp tomorrow? Also, you sent him home with ex- his lunch that he gave him was expired yogurt, like two months old. Well, Thank God my son didn't eat it. He'd be sick. But I'm like, how do you say to somebody without it sounding like you're being naggy or you're being a bitch? You, um, you almost poisoned our kid. Right. So I had to think about how I was going to say this with that because I knew it was going to be mad. I knew the darts were going to be flying in my head. Yeah. And I tried, you know, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to just say it the best I can in the nicest way possible because I, he's going to get mad regardless. So I said, please be conscientious when you send his stuff. He needs his swim trunks. I only have one pair, blah, blah, blah. You know, I said, also, just look at the date on the yogurt. I totally get it. I've done it too, which I haven't. I've done mm-hmm. it too. Um, two months old. I mean, that's just check the date on your yogurt. Do you know that I was met with daggers? Wow. Yeah. Then, then the, the I was. Uh, I think one of the texts throughout this thread was he decided to tell me how I was useless. You're useless and you're worthless. I was like, no, no, that's actually what I wanted to say to you. <laughs> I wanted to say that to you, but I didn't because it would be rude. Yeah. And not a, a healthy helpful conversation but instead he basically turned he, it around you he, know he couldn't take it i mean it, that's that's the thing and that's in, that's in how again it's a it's how you handle it it's mm-hmm. like it it tri- for some people it triggers such a strong reaction in them that they they have to they have to lash out they have to you know retire. some people some people internalize it you know but they they have to lash out. It's it's such a um, it's such a devastating th- thing for them to feel it that if they don't lash out, it's almost like they've they've died. I mean, I used to remember like qualifying like before I would say things. Um, I, w- I would go, "Well, I'm just trying to be a good communicator. Do you know X, Y, and Z?" Because it's like, "Oh my God, I got to say this thing," and it's gonna be this is gonna be like. Launching a uh, launching a launching grenades. Yes, you know, and that and and it's going to be met with you know grenades. Trying just trying to qualify things or 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 not saying things because it's like okay, I, I'm not I'm not going to die on that hill. <laughs> so you end up not saying anything. So, so you end up not saying anything, and then the relationship turns into you don't say anything, you don't talk to me, you right, don't yeah. share things with me, right? And it it's, it's like I I can't because you're gonna. What, what do you want from me? I mean, you got to meet me somewhere. Yes. They want one thing, but they can't handle what goes with it, you know? Right. If I can't tell you that to please put the toilet seat down, how am I going to talk to you about bigger issues like finances and, you know, raising right. children and, I mean, being a good partner? Like, there are just, you can't share with somebody how you feel and vulner- being vulnerable with somebody who has issues, major, major issues with shame because it always gets turned around. Yeah. And I think that's that's the message that, you know, we can always be better communicators. We can always work on ourselves. But when you do change and you do rewrite the narrative and you do try to explain and be a better communicator and it's still met with the same um, anger and, you know, disgust, there's only so much you can do. Right. And, and the, um, the other thing is I think, and ultimately that ends up with you like shaving off parts of yourself to fit into this, you know, this place that you need to be to keep things okay. Mm -hmm. You know, which also means that you're not living fully, which means 
the relationship can't be as good as it could be because there there are there are parts missing. It's like, oh well, I can't I can't share those things, so mm-hmm. I can't be vulnerable with this person. You know, if it's going to tr- you know trigger some sort of a, uh, a shame episode, so. Right. You know, it's so interesting because we always we always take things off onto a tangent, um, which I'm going to do right now. Okay. And we go into health, you know. And when mm-hmm. you talk about shame, shame comes up a ton when you talk about people who want to lose weight, especially women. Yeah. You know, women who want to lose weight or have struggled with losing weight have some issue surrounding shame. You know, I ate a cheeseburger last night. It's shameful for them to mm-hmm. even think that they ate something that they shouldn't have. I mean, we— you know, I didn't work out last week. It's shameful for them to come to you as the trainer and tell you that, which is a lot of times why people drop off and you, like, they go missing. <laughs> <laughs> like, they go missing. Um, I was, it's funny, I, I have a friend who just went on vacation, and, I, and she's also a client, and I texted her and said, how was your vacation? And she said something to the effect of, I was horrible, all I did was eat and drink, I'm off the rails, I need to get back to, you know, I, I really need to get on a program. And I was like, that was weird. Like, I was just asking her how her trip was. Why did it turn right. into this sort of self-loathing text? Mm-hmm. And um, a friend of mine said to me, maybe it's because it's like you're like, it's like confession time. They feel, uh-huh. you know, to me, I'm just asking as a friend. To them, yeah. they're looking at me like, oh, shit. I feel shame surrounding the fact that I haven't been on a workout program. I better confess my sins to her. Right. Well, you know, and it's so interesting. Like, I I spend a lot of time, or I, I, I make sure I, I make it known when I talk to people that want to lose weight, I'm not here to beat you up. My goal is to help you get to where you want to be. But they think you're judging them no matter what. And, I mean, to the extent that I can get them to say what they're actually eating, I can help them. You know, if if they don't tell me what's going on. If they say, oh my God, I was so great. And they leave out that they ate a, you know, a, a chocolate cake last night. You know, I'm thinking, well, what's going on here? Because something's not lining up. Right. It's like, tell me you ate the fucking cake. And then I can go, okay, well, let's come up with some strategies to not eat the cake, <laughs> <laughs> you know, versus, you know, you, you feeling shame, not telling me and continuing to eat the cake. You're not going to be where you want to be. You're paying me to get you somewhere, but you're not telling me where you are. It's funny. I think that's why people really like me as a trainer because I'll go out and drink with these people, you know? Okay. I'm like, eh, or they see me, you know, we were, what? we were all out on Tuesday night, mm-hmm. right? With people from the studio. Yeah. I think I had a couple pieces of fried calamari and people love that because they're like, yeah, like they, they feel less shame because oh, the they whole think, trainer's doing think, oh, it. Oh, you, you don't eat those things, do you? I mean, there was this thing, by the way, I don't know if you got to taste it. There was this huge pan, like casserole dish. I it, it was mashed potatoes. Did you see that? No, I didn't get any of that. Oh, my God. It was down the... You missed out because it was this... It was disgusting. I would love to know how many pounds of butter it was. It was this big, okay, like a small casserole dish, loaded mashed potatoes. It was like the most... I don't even... I can't even describe to you. I think there was bacon in it and cheese and butter. Wow. And they were, you know what? That's probably why they were pushing it on me. They were like, here, have oh, you, some. You have eat some. it first. Try it. And I was like, okay, what is it? And I go to taste it. I'm like, holy shit, this is a ma- What is this? They're like mashed potatoes. I'm like, that's amazing. And they kept, come on, have more, have more. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> See, I must I have been on the dance it. floor. Like, you mu- you I was tearing it up. Ma- yeah, you missed out on the I was tearing it up with the salsa and bachata, like schooling people. 
<laughs> I was busy eating the mashed potatoes. Um, and I said, no thanks, I don't want it anymore. They kept trying to push it on me. But now I know why. They felt, probably felt less guilty. If you if, if she's eating it, then it's... Then it's A-OK. It's like then, zero calories if she's eating it. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't eat it. So they probably do feel a little shameful oh, about it. But, you know, it also reverts back to your childhood. When I was a kid, it's probably, God, eight? I was probably eight years old. And I remember my family was going on a vacation. I could, there were things, I couldn't tell you what I ate for breakfast today. But mm-hmm. I could remember <clears throat> these moments like, like you have no idea. And I remember where I was standing in my house. And my mother comes barging in my room and showing a children's clothing store. And she said, this outfit is not, try this outfit on right now. I mean, she was like in a fit of rage. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, okay. And I go to try it on. She's like, look at it. It doesn't fit you. It's because you're fat. And I remember it was the first time I ever heard the word fat. Wait, or, I'm sorry. How old are about you? About eight. Eight? Yeah. Holy shit. And okay. she's like, you are, you're getting fat. You cannot <clears throat> eat. You're not allowed to eat any, you know, we didn't really eat that poorly. I mean, we ate pretty well at home. But my father drank root beer. And she's like, you're not allowed to have any root beer. And so what did I want more than anything in the oh, world? Even beer. though I yeah. was like, I would like crack open like the can and mm. I, she would hear it and be like, no root beer for you, <laughs> uh, which made me want it even more. And meanwhile, they were trying That's to- what I'm getting you that for Christmas. I, what is, I don't like soda, but you know, root beer, eh, some, I have a little affinity to it. Okay. Um, in case of that. All they right. were feeding my brother like milkshakes, tons of like put extra ice cream because he was, oh, was so he skinny. Thin? Okay. And they were trying to get him to fatten up. Okay. But I remember being called fat. And I remember the next morning being like, I tried on the, the outfit. And I was like, look, it fits. It fits. Um, and she was like, no, it does not fit. You're going on a diet. And that was my first introduction to— Oh, my God. To, that's, that's fucking heartbreaking. Oh, it was hard. Yeah, it was hard. And so I do—I feel mm-hmm. like I'm 700 pounds many times. I mean, I know it's unrealistic, but I definitely struggle with feeling like— Oh my God! I like I could probably I could look at somebody that is morbidly obese and be mm-hmm. like, I look like that, don't I? Wow. Yeah, I do have I have moments of that. Okay, so so here's a thought. So we, we talk about how people handle shame. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's a lashing out that we talked about earlier, and then there's the internalizing it. Yes. That. That you just talked about. Yep. So you're like, oh my God, I wanna, I wanna fit into the outfit because there's something wrong with me. Yep. Versus saying, I don't, I mean, fuck you, mom. You I'm not fat or whatever. <laughs> you're fat. You know? And you know, then death. That's right. Death and then comes death. Upon you. But or or even thinking that in your mind. I mean, yes. so you know, so as a kid, you weren't like, Well, screw her, I'm not fat and I want root beer. <laughs> you're like, oh, I wanna fit into, you know, the outfit. I mean, you you internalize yes. the shame. Um, and of course, you're as an eight-year-old child, you're not able to talk to anyone about this because the person that you would expect would listen to you is the one that put brought the shame upon you. Uh huh. Exactly. Right? But, and so I think I think some of that, and and I don't know, maybe it's just how we're wired because, like for me, I'm sort of the same way. You you as a kid, you throw that shame at me. It's like, what? Well, there's something I need to fix, you know. You're too sensitive. Don't don't cry. It's like, well, okay, well, nobody's ever going to see me cry again. Yep. You know, not like, well, I should be able to express my feelings. And you're the one that's wrong. You're you made me upset. You know, and it, it maybe maybe it's how we're. I think maybe it's how we're wired. You know, where you go. Okay, there's something wrong with me, and and that's the thing. 
and that's that we thing. have to work on. Right, and it carries through. I mean, yeah, your well, whole life, really. Exactly. So you talk about your, you know, your ex-husband, and it was that that same sort of thing. Well, well, what did I do wrong? What do I need to fix? Mm-hmm. You know, I was the same sort of way. Well, how how can I? Oh, I'm not doing enough. I, I may I I got to do a little bit more. I'm gonna I'm gonna make everything okay. Right. And you know, that's the thing that we have to address. Right. We kind of, I mean, right. We all have ways of um, addressing some of our issues. And, you know, a good therapist taught me that that feeling that you get when you get triggered. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's an actual physical feeling where some, some people feel it like in their throat, like a, like a golf ball in their throat. Some people get hot. Some people, their heart starts to race. Mm -hmm. When you feel shame or you feel guilty feelings or you feel somebody's sort of anger toward you, you get that feeling. And when you can feel when that feeling starts to kick in and do something about it, that's a really great way to sort of help identify like, okay, I'm getting this feeling. What am I going to do about it? Right. You know, whereas people who are not under the sort of growth mindset umbrella Mm -hmm. just react. Right. So, I mean, so there's an awareness that has to come, you know, that has to come into play. And awareness is the same as, you know, mindfulness, which is the same as meditation. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going back to, I'm just kind of giving you a hard time. I know you are. But I um, meditate sometimes. But just some, so you some, know. Okay. All right. Good. Sometimes I do. Yeah. Okay. I actually thought about doing it this week. Wow. Yeah. Sometime this week you Sometime might. Sometime this week I might, might do it. Okay. Good. But I, I think you know when you talk about the people you know who are able to be aware of it and do something about it. You know, even even though internalizing the shame is kind of hard on us, mm-hmm. or you know, as as kids and, and growing up and in relationships. When you internalize it and you're able to be introspective, it puts you in a position where you can do something about it. The people that lash out, it's such a knee-jerk reaction that they don't even know that they're feeling anything. Right. right. It's, it's, like, it's like it happens instantaneously. Right. And they don't know that they're wrong. So, you know, even though internalizing it puts us on the short end of the stick sometimes, we're in a position where we can actually make some changes and be different. Where, you know, the people, particularly a lot of them, you know, with, you know, some of these disorders, they're just not going to get there. No. And odds and research show that they won't. Yeah. I mean. Because you're right. It would, the world would crumble if they were to see any sort of flaw within themselves. Yeah. When they are when they perceive themselves as being flawed or having done something wrong or feeling shame, allowing themselves to feel shame in a healthy manner and doing something productive about it, their world crumbles. Yeah. I mean, I've heard stories of people being better, but the vast majority of stuff that I've heard is like it's just not going to happen. Like it's an impossibility. Yeah. I know. Well, wow. That was that was deep. That was deep. That was pretty good. Yeah, we we killed it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, if you like our podcast, find us funny, learn something from us, or just have nothing else better to listen to, um, yeah. we're going to ask you to please subscribe to our um, 
Too Fit to Be Tied podcast on Spotify or Apple Music. And share us on social media. Absolutely. And tell your friends about us. Yes. Do you tell your friends about us? I tell, yeah, absolutely. Okay, good. I tell my friends. Okay, good. All, All right, right. That's so, it. So for Too Fit to Be Tied, I'm Jerome. I'm Constance. And we'll see you next time. See ya. Thank you.